Hey, self-care partners, just a reminder to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you don't mind, give us a follow on Instagram at Emotion for Mental Health and like us on Facebook. If you want to participate in our conversation, slide into our DMs or shoot us an email at emotionformentalhealth at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Guys. Guys. No, don't guys. do my shameful story. <laughs> She's going to do my shameful story. Guys. I was trying to help you guys out, okay? <laughs> guys. <laughs> so here's what happened. Before we introduce you guys to this podcast, I open my Instagram app. Often I'm switching between our podcast Instagram account and my personal one. So I didn't know which one I was looking at <laughs> when this happened. I open it and I start scrolling and I happen upon two <laughs> naked females, n- two naked women. And I was like, did I follow <laughs> this account? Um, Probably definitely yes. <laughs> So. And then I realized it was our podcast account. And I was like, <laughs> okay, Lara definitely thought this was her personal account and followed <laughs> this with this account. Because I went to the, the page and it was all naked several girls. naked women. Yeah. They were all beautiful. It's very empowering. I did not unfollow because like I'm all for nudes. it. Okay, guys. These are photographic art news. This is not porn. <laughs> There's no porn. Okay. No Instagram will not allow No, that they blur anyway. out the the... <sighs> what would I the wrong this they're is not wrong they blur out the stuff that they don't want you to see yes so or that actually they blur out the stuff that the Instagram policy doesn't allow them to post see. right right so yeah anyway this is like <laughs> co-management woes like right here um Caitlin was like did you mean to follow this on the podcast account and I was I thought it was this account that well one, one of the I don't remember what it's called one of these accounts has like it's like female empowerment and therapy and like all these like really cool quotes but like also interspersed with the occasional nipple so I definitely thought it was that account and I was like oh no you know there's like therapeutic quotes in there yeah she goes yeah they post like, cool therapy stuff all the time and I like go to the profile no, and I was like no Ugh. it's literally just all pictures of like art nudes so yeah that's stay tuned for some riveting content <laughs> you're welcome Caitlin for that I'm glad I'm educating you this is great I mean, I make that mistake all the time. If you guys follow us, you might have seen me accidentally post some like personal stuff. What did Uh, I post the other day? And you replied to it and you were like, oh, is this, what was it? It was your like South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. So like Caitlin's talking about posting a picture of a waterfall. I'm talking about following art nude accounts. So (laughs) it's a little bit different, but sure. Well, thanks for making me feel better. Anyway, this is Mensana, (laughs) Emotion for Mental Health. Welcome with that bang of a story. Um, I'm Laura, the one who follows art nude accounts. The title of this episode is going to be Porn is Good for Your Mental Health. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about this episode, but it's really important. I second that. Yeah. So I'm Laura. I'm Caitlin. Uh, This is a podcast dedicated to reducing mental health stigma in the legal industry through weekly conversations. Not about porn. (laughs) (laughs) The title of this episode needs to be, this is actually not about porn. Continue listening. Please continue listening. Sorry, mom. Uh, okay. 
So Ooh. this is part two of our resource episode. Um, yes. Part one, we gave a lot of background and statistics about resource access, resource need, resources across different populations, um, what that looked like for different minorities. Mm -hmm. So, and then this episode is dedicated towards um, targeting specific resources that you may or may not know about. Caitlin and I's specific experience with those resources. Yep. And yeah, want to dive in? Yeah. But yeah. First. We're going to, yeah. We're going to hold true to our promise and actually tell you guys about some specific resources. Hopefully you did your homework and found something cool. Let us know if we don't mention it because we, like we said in the last episode, always looking for more resources. So definitely let us know if we don't mention something that you use or you found helpful or that you just found when you did your homework last week. Um, but yes, first and foremost is journey update. Guys, as you know, I've been complaining about attempting to find a therapist for like oh, i don't yes, know this is so exciting like months has it been months because it has been months yeah it happened months because i started my new job in mid-september and that's when i had to stop seeing my beloved therapist because my insurance changed and then as y'all know i could not find a therapist who took my insurance which is a giant insurance carrier for our state and i was like having the issues, biggest the biggest and i was having issues using their um you know they're a portal to search for one, et cetera, having the worst time. And then as I grew, like, as I thought about my search, the more I realized that I definitely wanted somebody who was part of the queer community to be my therapist. So it's just been a really long and hard struggle. And I felt like the stakes were even higher around the holidays just because I was in like such like a fog and like really kind of more depressed and out of it. And I knew that there were several like bigger events in my life upcoming <laughs> where I felt like, okay, this, this stuff could develop into a crisis pretty quickly for me. And I would really like to have therapy in my back pocket. And it was frustrating because I had been kind of diligently searching for a while. So I didn't sit on it for 11 years as we learned from our, from last week. Um, you know, this is the struggle of a person who was reasonably, you know, averagely diligent in trying to find a therapist so anyway guess what my news is i found a therapist Yay! i'm very we excited. need like a good sound effect for when someone okay. finds a new therapist <laughs> i don't know what it should be like an air horn like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's exactly in my mind i pictured confetti like yes that been yes cool. yeah. if it just exploded oh, <laughs> i pictured confetti too i am so excited guys this is I don't know. I kept on, we like briefly spoke on the phone about scheduling an appointment and I just kept on asking her over and over. <laughs> she still took my insurance. I probably asked her like four times on the phone. She probably thought I was like an actual nut job. Like, no, she <laughs> probably just thinks you have anxiety. Yeah, probably. Um, well, that's good. Cool. We're all on the same page about that. That's uh, actually, this is random, but uh -huh. that's actually one thing I've noticed about myself that has reduced a lot since my anxiety has been more under control is like not asking the same questions over and over again or not like mm. getting Making in my sure. own head yeah not yeah. like like when I I get Botox when I got Botox for the first time I had a migraine that day and I literally had convinced myself that getting the Botox was gonna like freeze the blood vessels in my head and make me have a permanent migraine forever <laughs> and I and I literally asked the doctor about it and she was like N no no, no. and I was like thing. I'm sorry I'm just really nervous and she was like yeah <laughs> I can tell and I was like oh god I'm sorry but so like I feel like that's a that's definitely yeah. a symptom it's of anxiety for it's sure like, like confirming yeah a million it's, times yeah and it happens like in big ways too like maybe with romantic partners like making sure yeah. that like they're on the same pages yeah it happens like in big and small ways I also think it's OCD-ish too yeah, for sure um I talked about 
um, talked to my therapist about like some of my, so I wasn't like diagnosed with OCD or anything, but she was like, that's definitely an OCD symptom. Not to say that like, we're not going to go through like, do you have OCD and is that a thing for you? But I talked to her. It's more like questioning and catastrophizing and confirming. I kept on like confirming to make sure all of my, um, like my hair tools were unplugged and it really yeah. freaked me out. I'd have to go back to my room like 10 times to make sure like the lights were out so the house didn't burn down. So yeah. like stuff like that so yeah for sure it definitely is a symptom of anxiety so i'm sure my therapist was like okay we got a lot of things to work <laughs> yeah we gotta get in here can you come in right now <laughs> right but man i'm just so used to people saying like yes and then turning me down for my insurance or just not be taking new patients and i was kind of like you're, you're taking new patients right in, in my insurance okay are you taking new patients in, in my insurance and so i think she is <laughs> she seems very nice on the phone um of course I immediately started having feelings about like what if she's too nice I need a firmer hand um something like that because um my first therapist wasn't overly warm and fuzzy and I kind of really grew to like that because yeah. I have lots of very empathetic warm and fuzzy and lovely people in my life um that I can go to but for my like therapy I kind of need somebody to be like okay is that a real thing yeah. or you know I need somebody who's gonna like challenge me a little bit because I tend to walk over people who don't give me a more abrupt challenge yeah. like not in a crappy way just in a I don't know I'm kind of an opinionated person and yeah <laughs> I'm like no I know what's best for myself so we'll see um I'm judging it of course in like one to three minute phone conversation right but um so I'm really excited about that I of course have all of those same anxieties we've talked about about like starting with a new therapist and having to like uh like <laughs> go through my whole life history again and like she doesn't know me it's a stranger but honestly it feels way different than last time it I don't know I don't have half the anxiety that I did when I first started so just know that like if you haven't spoken to somebody before or haven't sought mental health treatment before it gets easier it for sure does and those same familiar feelings came up and I was able to immediately kind of quash them because I was like okay you've done this before and she also said on the phone, she was like, yeah, I actually usually take two or maybe even three sessions to do our initial kind of like consultation and evaluation because I don't want to rush it. It's really hard to learn about a whole person's life and their mental yeah. health history in like an hour session. And I was kind of like, that's cool. Yeah. And not that my other therapist made me feel rushed ever, but we sort of like banged out my whole life in an hour and I felt so drained after that. Yeah. So I don't know. That was kind of like, okay, maybe I don't have to like put every bleeding thing on the table then my yeah. very first session so that made me feel better and I also started to think about the way I would approach this session versus my first experience in therapy last year and of course I'll tell you all my first um, session when I first got therapy last year was uh, I literally bawled the whole time I told myself that I would not cry Aww. and I didn't feel going into it like on the verge of a crisis at all yeah. I didn't feel like I was about to cry whatsoever and we were talking for like five minutes and then as soon as we got and talking about like a really traumatic relationship I lost it in there yeah. and I was like okay <laughs> and I thought about that and I thought about this session that's coming up for me next week and I was like oh my god I don't want to lose it again over this girl and I was like wait I'm not going to like yeah. that's not really what I want to talk about like yeah that experience and some of those traumas are part of my story I will for sure bring them up probably a lot and I might be emotional about them but that's not going to be like the cross I'm carrying into bear into that session it's yeah. going to be a few different things that might make me feel emotional and I may cry 
I probably will. Um, I'm not really afraid of crying necessarily. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's not going to be that same experience. And honestly, that was that felt like a really, really nice acknowledgement because I think when you are working on your mental health like that and it's incremental and it's over a really long time, it's hard to see progress. Yeah. And I write things down after every therapy session and that's one of the ways I try to like monitor progress and make it more palpable to see how I've changed in my like thought work and stuff. But just having that realization over, you know, not that long ago, my first session then versus my first session now, they're going to look like entirely different beings and like how much I grew about the way I'm like thinking and framing things since then is kind of crazy. It's, it's a huge turn. So I was really excited to realize that because I literally hadn't hadn't thought about that before. I just kind of thought I was like, taking way too long on whatever issue I was tackling and yeah it wasn't fast enough and etc and I was kind of like shit I'm like mostly kind of over that like I don't need to like spend a year talking about it anymore that's awesome though yeah so I mean that might also be my happy pill we'll see but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know every time I think about it I'm like yeah yeah progress no that's so exciting I'm so excited for you you've been talking about this for a while now so this is really awesome you guys can like hear me shut up about like searching for a therapist oh my god (laughs) what will I talk about now no you're gonna tell us about your therapy sessions that's true y'all are gonna be in therapy with me now I'm gonna like talk about every single one of my sessions it's gonna be great (sighs) I need a freaking therapist <laughs> yeah, I you- need a freaking therapist. Because here's what oh I'm like. Hold about, on, right? hold on, hold on. Because Caitlin, as y'all know, wasn't prioritizing a therapy no. kind of search at all, and she was doing good with her psychiatrist thing. And yeah, so here's what I've been noticing about this, and and we'll talk about the difference between psychiatry and therapy in a little bit more depth in a few minutes. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but here here's what I've been noticing about myself. This is my like journey update. Is I have my anxiety under control I have my depression under control with my Lexapro I have my ADHD under control with my Stratera but my thought processes haven't changed right so like I still get anxiety sometimes and when I do I'm not dealing with it any better than I was before What's different now is that I'm not getting the anxiety as much. Yeah. Right? So like. Symptoms just less. Yeah. Yeah. It's not happening as often, but I'm not dealing with it any differently than I was before. So this is what I've been thinking about. And this is something we'll talk about when it comes to the difference between like psychiatry and medication and talk therapy and the different benefits. We're not mental health providers or professionals, but like we have different experiences. So we can talk to you guys about what the differences are. But so like that's where I've kind of been lately is just realizing that like I really need to find a therapist um I think I've been avoiding it partly because my experiences in the past with therapy weren't as great but I do think that part of the reason they weren't as great is because I was in a mental health crisis and therapy was not what I needed at that time yeah I needed psychiatric help yeah and so I got yeah and so I got that and it helped me and now I'm in a position where I'm ready to like start actually addressing my processes of dealing with things and starting to like when you talk about ways that you deal with things when you start feeling anxiety and you have learned to just like sit with it for a minute that's not something I've ever done or ever heard from anyone when I had my first therapist who said I who said she thinks I have OCD there was no like ways to deal with it. She told me to like put a rubber band around my wrist and like snap myself when I start thinking about things. <laughs> well, and, like, that's like something you Google. Like, like, is that in a movie from 1975? Right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
okay. That's what I mean. I feel like that's the only she, time I've seen that. And she told me, she was like, but also you should put like a really thin glove on underneath it. And I was like, oh, okay, like I type all day, every day for a living. Like, is that okay? And she was like, yeah, that's why I'm saying get like a really thin one. What? I don't know. Like, I think like with the rubber band over it, it was going to like protect me from snapping myself with oh it. Oh my God. So first of all, also like maybe if you work in any other situation besides Caitlin, like working from home, I don't know if you could like walk around with a glove just on exactly. one hand and a rubber band, like also, snapping it around during yeah. the day. Also, if I'm like typing a contract, I can't have gloves on. Like I, I yeah. cannot have gloves on. No. No matter how thin they are or what they're <laughs> like, I cannot have gloves on. Oh my goodness. Um, so, so I think the reason I've been avoiding it is because my, my first experiences with it weren't that great. I also cried so much my first therapy episode or episode <laughs> just feel like an episode yeah um my first therapy appointment but but that was because I was just so overwhelmed at the time that like and I did it virtually so I was sitting there and I and I had like extreme anxiety going on like for months leading up to it and I'm sitting there and it's like five minutes before the appointment and I'm starting to like shake and I can't breathe and I'm like I'm gonna cry but I don't want to cry and I have no reason to cry yet because I don't even know like what I'm gonna talk about I was very nervous I'd never done therapy before and this is in person no this, this was is virtual this is the virtual one okay. yeah so so I'm sitting there and like then it gets to the time of the appointment and she's not signing on and I'm oh freaking god. out I'm like texting my partner I'm like oh my god she's late oh my god she's late like I don't I no matter what my anxiety level is at, I don't like being late. I don't like when other people yeah. are late because I feel like they forgot. I feel like they're not coming. Same. I feel like they got hurt. Like, I don't know. So I was freaking, freaking out. And she finally signs on. And she goes, hi, I'm whatever. And like introduces herself. And she's like, so what's going on? And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like I just started bawling. Absolutely bawling. What and a wild experience for the people on the other side of like the virtual divide. Yeah. <laughs> to just have like strangers. I was like, like I'm so sorry. And she was like, it's okay. That's what we're here for. And I was Aww. like, I don't, I've never done therapy. I don't know what's going on. It was, it was, aw- it was not awful, but it was just like a lot all yeah. at once. It was like this big, huge rush of just like everything came out at once. So I think that's that, that plus like the fact that then I didn't really get along with her didn't really get along with the next guy I think that's why I've been avoiding it yeah but now that I have everything under control like like at the time when I was like not immediately vibing with these therapists I was like I'm, I'm a lost cause I, it was like hopeless yeah and Just I like was like validating those fears exactly, you already had about exactly yourself. I was like this is not gonna help uh, me nothing's gonna help me yeah. like what am I like why am I even trying so that's when I switched to a psychiatrist um I would say I'm probably lucky enough that I had like the, the mental wherewithal to do that and not and didn't just give up Anyway, I'm rambling now, but that's why I've been avoiding therapy because like it was not a great experience the first two times I tried it and I don't want to like waste my money and waste my time. I don't want to go through all those emotions again just to end up like not having someone that I relate to and not developing a long term relationship just to have to like go through it again when I introduce myself to someone else. But like I said, now that like like over Christmas how I said that my anxiety got really bad and I started getting really sad I didn't have a way to deal with it I Mm -hmm. found myself falling back into the same behaviors that I that I would fall into previously when my anxiety was really bad or when my depression was really bad where I would just be like silent and tired and irritable and not want to talk to my partner and not want to talk to anyone not like enjoying my surroundings um so that I think was the moment and over the last couple of weeks where I've been like, all right, it's time for me to get a therapist and start like actually talking through these things and and probably want to see like a cognitive behavioral therapist mm-hmm. to 
change my behaviors. CBT. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. So, and that's another thing. There are like a million different types of therapy. We're probably not going to get into all of them today, but just nope. so you all know, there are many different types. If you have questions, you can reach out to us and we can try to point you to resources that will yeah. help you. Um, but, but anyway, so my mental health update is I need a freaking therapist and that is on my list. I'm going to write it in my planner in all different colors on every single page to get myself a freaking therapist. I love it. I support <laughs> you. Thank you. So that's me. That's my mental health update. Let's uh, dive into some substance. Ooh, substance. So we're going to go through um, some different types of resources that we've either researched or personally experienced just to give you guys a wide overview of different um, things that are available. So I'm going to start. Obviously, I'm going to talk about, guess what? therapy <laughs> uh pretty crazy um so anyway I've had experiences with both individual and group therapy um both of these were in-person experiences I haven't had any virtual experiences um Caitlin can talk a bit about that she already has a little bit um so as y'all know my um individual therapy experience started like last year um from a recommendation from a friend it was really randomly easy to find a therapist then it was just sort of like oh, I'm having this really good experience with this therapist. And I was kind of like, huh, I'll call her. And it was literally seamless. She took my insurance. Oh, so lucky. And I immediately liked her. Well, it's bad because, like, it set me up for disappointment. Spoiled you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Like, I immediately clicked with her. And she was immediately, you know, a good fit for me. And it was affordable. And she was 15 minutes away. And all the stars aligned for me. So I had a really positive experience of therapy immediately. And structurally, how that looked for me was um, she practiced CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, um, focused on, and again, I'm totally going to get this description wrong, and I'm not reading anything from Psych Today, but my understanding of it is it's like um, exposing you to like the things that you want to work on or like honestly specific traumas to try to change your framing and change your behavior around them. So it sort of started off with this kind of life dump assessment where I cried for most of the time. And then, but after that first session, it wasn't like that anymore. Um, we sort of talked about things that I wanted to talk about. It was very me led. There wasn't a lot of Q and A and a lot of, it wasn't tons of her feedback, which I thought was surprising. And obviously this is just this therapist. I do not think this is emblematic of therapy in general or even CBT as a whole, um, just sort of her style. And at first it kind of jarred me because in my head, what therapy was supposed to look like was I said minimal things and she would just be giving me all this life advice to fix my problems. <laughs> like, that's what I thought. And at first I was like, well, she's not telling me how to fix the thing. Like, is this, you know, is she legit kind of stuff? And it wasn't that extreme, but I was kind of like craving more of her feedback for a while. And I, I don't know, obviously we're both pretty talkative. I'm talkative. So I can talk <laughs> a lot about like all of my different feelings about stuff. And I'm a very external processor and I feel yeah. things very deeply so like I always had a lot to say and but when she did speak I, I swear I felt like it was like pearls of wisdom <laughs> and like I didn't want to like take notes stirring and I feel like I might actually do that with this um, new therapist coming up yeah but I feel like because I didn't start doing it I got anxiety over like <laughs> I don't know like <laughs> 
a few sessions in like bringing out my phone and like typing on it or I don't know I thought it would be like weird or take away from the experience who knows whatever anxiety I had about it but I might actually bring like a legit notebook I was gonna say you could bring like a little journal yeah like a little journal and I have a therapy kind of journal anyway and like you know my like emo poem journal so I think (laughs) I'll just maybe use that but like start off the sessions like that so I don't feel unnecessarily weird about bringing it in midway which (laughs) that anxiety makes no sense it's not logical just do whatever you want you're paying for therapy like it's fine um but so but yeah so anyway the the pearls of wisdom she did drop were always like really great and I think the greatest gift that she gave me was so much reframing of things and figuring out if the framing that I was currently using was helpful to me so like it wasn't always about something being like true or what actually happened or what I deserved or what another person did to me or etc it was more about like acknowledging those things happened getting your emotions about about them validation etc and then kind of being like okay is that a way that's helpful to think about is that a way that's even like truthful to think about you know so it was a little bit of a reality check for a lot of different things and it was incremental it wasn't like revelatory every session but there were enough little nuggets of incremental wisdom that I was able to build up some different frameworks to think Mm -hmm. about things differently and it has nothing to do with like I don't know if you had something traumatic event in your past it's not about like oh it didn't happen like that and the way you thought about it was like wrong um it was more just like okay like it happened like what's helpful for me to move forward Mm -hmm. so I I had a really positive experience I'm hoping to have another one of those experiences with in-person therapy individual wise again I honestly want that to be my main mental health kind of like outlet I really enjoy that it keeps me focused and scheduled and feeling like I'm making progress so do you like the in-person aspect of it like what would you say for you is the main benefit of being in person with a therapist because because and I'll tell you guys about this in a minute but my only therapy experiences have been virtual and for me that also really works but I I think it might be important to tell the listeners like what works about in-person therapy for you and then I can talk about what works about virtual therapy for me yeah so and I might be considering switching by the way like I I mm -hmm. would consider doing in person in person um yeah so when I think about virtual therapy I immediately am kind of I kind of like bucket that because Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel I want an intimate sort of personal experience and I feel like the idea of somebody just being virtual makes them feel more distant from me like for me I it's why it's so important for me to have like a queer therapist and someone from my background who I can really like relate to and part of that feels like honestly being in person I feel like it would put well frankly both like physical space but also mental space between us if I was meeting somebody for the first time now I wouldn't I wouldn't have that same thought about like calling my old therapist or like FaceTiming with her if I was going through a thing because I already trust her and know her but it would have taken it took me a while to get to that point though so yeah for me in person's kind of like really important and I don't know I want to see somebody's body language Mm -hmm. I want to be in that environment it's important for me to like set aside super intentional space to like immerse myself in that experience and I feel like I personally would be a little bit too distant and regard it as like less important I think if it was virtual yeah so virtual therapy is is still therapy I think one of the main benefits of virtual therapy is when there is a lack of therapists that are accepting new patients in your area or just a lack of the types of therapists that you're looking for 
doing virtual therapy can be really helpful for that because it kind of opens up the availability. Um, so, so just for all the lawyers out there, um, the time. Requ- yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the time. time. But so the requirement is that the the therapist, and this goes for psychiatrists and all medical professionals. The requirement is that the therapist is licensed in your state, so wherever you're located. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure every state is like this, but when services are being conducted via telemedicine, the licensure requirement is that the professional providing the service is licensed in the state where the patient is located. So not where the provider is located, where the patient is located. So for me, like my psychiatrist right now is located in Massachusetts. The one therapist I thought I saw was in North Carolina. And the other therapist I saw was in Pennsylvania. So it really makes, it really opens up the availability or the pool of available people that you can see. So that's one thing about virtual therapy that, that really was um, attractive to me was that there were more options. Um, I think, I think, the number one for me, though, was like the time aspect and the convenience of it. Um, for me, I feel very comfortable in my own home and being able to just like log on to my computer. And by the way, I work virtually 100 percent of the time anyway. So I'm very used to only speaking with people via phone call or via video chat. Um, so like it's it, I think I'm more used to like having conversations and getting more comfortable with people via virtual platforms yeah so so for me it didn't really feel much different than like my day-to-day so it felt very comfortable um so so if you're someone that is comfortable at home and and you're comfortable you know building a relationship via FaceTime I do video chat so it's it's audio visual I see them and I hear them it's just like FaceTime um I think I think virtual therapy might be a very real option another thing that can be really helpful about it is that um Many, many insurers cover virtual therapy right now. Like my visits, I have a copay that's, um, I think it's not any different than the copay that I would pay if I were to go to an in-person visit. So another thing just to note is that a lot of states have what are called parity laws, which require private payers to cover services that are provided via telemedicine that they would otherwise cover if they were provided in person. So if it's the type of visit that your insurer would cover in person, then most states are going to require your insurer to also cover it via telemedicine. Um, so, so before, you know, all these parity laws came out and digital health became a bigger thing, it was very hard to do virtual therapy or virtual care because your insurance wouldn't cover it or there weren't that many providers doing it. I think now it's become a lot more mainstream. Um, so, so I like to talk about it. I like to let people know that it's an option. I personally use a platform called Doctor on Demand. Many insurers actually have their own platforms. Like I know Cigna has something called MD Live. Um, I don't actually know if MD Live has behavioral health or mental health providers, um, but it's worth checking. If you have Cigna, I would I would encourage you to check MD Live and see if you have mental health professionals that you can see or even psychiatrists um, if you're interested in that. So so my experience has been virtual. I don't to me, I think for a lot of people, virtual can feel impersonal. For me, it doesn't feel that way because I'm used to building relationships virtually, like I said, Um but but in general, my experience with virtual therapy has been, I mean, I, I want to separate like the actual therapist versus 
the experience of like doing therapy virtually. The therapist I saw, I didn't get along with. I didn't hit it off with right away, but I wouldn't say that was a product of like the virtual platform. I would say that was a product of the therapist that I was talking to. So I'll probably stick with virtual for now. I may try in person just because um, one of my friends has recommended someone that she sees in Richmond that I might try to see just to see what it would be like. Um, But, but for those of us, uh, for those of you out there who feel comfortable on a virtual platform and who feel like you want something a little bit that might be a little bit more convenient for you, I would definitely explore your virtual options. I I found it to be very, very helpful for me. Yeah, that sounds like a really great option. The The barriers to entry seem like they're at least halved, <laughs> you know, yeah, for I virtual mean, therapy. Like, yeah. I don't, I mean, honestly, if I had kind of knew about virtual therapy and yeah. if it was like something that was talked about, like in my circle that I was experiencing then, I probably would have sought that at first just because I was really afraid of being like vulnerable and super intimate with a stranger in person knowing I was probably going to get really emotional not as emotional as I actually did get (laughs) but um yeah the idea of virtual I feel like at least even if I did eventually move over to um an in-person therapist for the reasons I already stated I feel like it would have been a really good first kind of option just to get my feet wet (laughs) yeah for somebody who eventually maybe probably would have picked in-person therapy um it sounds like a really solid option yeah and so what's really cool about it is like now and this is this is with my psychiatrist we'll talk about psychiatry in a minute but what's really cool about it is now I do like 15 minute check-ins once a month with my psychiatrist and I can do it at like 8 45 in the morning where like I'm about to start my work day but I very quickly just like check in with my psychiatrist let her know how things have been going she automatically electronically sends my prescription to my pharmacy it's I I just switched to a very small independent pharmacist in Richmond the guy like knows me already so I called him literally the first time I ever had prescription sent to him I called him to check if he got them he answered and he goes oh Miss O'Connor I was just about to call you like your prescriptions are ready like there's one issue with this one but we'll figure it out and we figured it out and he filled them like right away so for me it's it's very very convenient and then and then you know it's a 15 minute check-in I literally hit end and I just go about my work day I don't have to worry about like a 15 minute drive yeah. or 20 minutes in the waiting room I with virtual platforms and with well with Dr. On Demand anyway there's no wait time yeah so if my appointment is scheduled for 8 30 it's gonna start at the latest at 8 35 because if the only problem is if you go over you do get kicked off the platform Mm. um but it's good for your appointment to start on time you don't have to worry about like a long wait time again you don't have to worry about the commute so it's kind of cool for like those shorter term check-ins as well where you don't have to like talk for an hour yeah or or like take up half of your day like driving there and waiting and and stuff like that so it's really convenient for me welcome to 2020 i know i'm all about digital health so if you guys want to hear any more (laughs) about other types of digital health let me know i'm here for it um but anyway i want to talk about group therapy yes i was just gonna um, say that was like virtual versus in-person individual therapy i've never done group therapy so if you want to talk about therapy but i do want to just like reiterate in general the main point of therapy is more well it's 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 talk therapy right Mm -hmm. it's exactly what it sounds like it's talking through whatever you're going through and then your therapist is going to have their way of helping you work through that and again there are many different ways that they might do that but it's about talking through your problems rather than like getting medication therapists are psychologists and sociologists they're not 
um, they're not MDs, they're not doctors. So, well, they may be like doctors of psychology, but they're not medical doctors. Um, So they can't prescribe you medication. So if you think that you need medication, you're going to want to go to a psychiatrist. We'll tell you about that in a minute. Yeah. So um, group therapy for me was recommended to me by my um, individual therapist. Um, She thought that I would probably benefit from like relating to other people who are maybe going through similar problems. And she sort of couched it in terms of like there's nothing quite like the experience of having um, like a group of like five to eight people kind of like going with you and like relating to you and offering their insight. And it's like a diverse group, et cetera. So I um, started doing that in conjunction with my individual therapy. You know, I went from zero to 100, like all the therapy, all the time, going multiple times a week. Um, my So the structure of at least the um, group therapy group that I entered into was a product of um, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University here in Richmond. And they offer like a sliding scale group therapy. Um, it was really the highest that you would pay is $10 a session. That being said, once again, talking about resource and access, it's usually a pretty long wait list to get into this particular group. Um, That university, as well as, you know, um, probably every university and college offers different behavioral health services for both their student and faculty population, as well as the public at large in like forms of like clinics and stuff like that. And VCU is one of them. And I had a really good experience and it was affordable, which was really important to me. And, um, the structure of that was that they um, had two to three therapist um, graduate student facilitators who were in like their either their next to final year or final year of um, study to be therapist. And um, there would be like four to eight group participants. So and uh, the group participants pretty much ran the show. And the facilitators, which was what the therapists were called, would like kind of interject with questions and kind of like vaguely guide and frame discussions. But really, it was kind of like bring whatever to the table you have. It wasn't it was um, Calcius an anxiety group, but most of the people in there had wanted to talk about things other than just their anxiety. Um, Some of it was like daily stuff. People were going through divorces. People were going through marriage, like a bunch of just different, you know, like life transitional events. It was really diverse. I sort of thought. When I walked in, like, I don't know, like, according to our statistics, I sort of thought it would be in line with our statistics. I thought it would be, like, white women in their late 20s. Yeah. Or really who were students of ECU. I thought there would be a lot of college kids in there. Oh, right, 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 right. But it was actually, like, there were a lot of, um, there were a few men when I first started. So that was, like, exciting to see. Yeah. Um, It ranged from age, like, literally, like, 72 to 18, which was kind of crazy. And at first, walking into that diverse experience, I was, like, well, I'm not going to relate to anybody in here because everybody's so diverse and how could I relate to them? Because, you know, I'm an idiot. So, (laughs) but like, I don't know, particularly looking at like the, um, like the older man in therapy, I was like, we're just, there's no way we're going to like be on the same health page. Like I already was judging different people in my group for judging me preemptively. (laughs) Right. I was kind of like, oh man, my piddly problems aren't going to matter to what they're, the big things they're going through. So Initially, group was a little bit difficult for me because it, like, riled up my imposter syndrome a bit. And I was, you know, talking to an individual therapist who was trained for this profession in person is a different experience than talking to, like, general community members of the population about your most intimate secrets. (laughs) So, like, I was, I don't know, I was kind of a little bit, um, I balked a little bit and I was, pretty silent in group for the first couple of weeks. I was just more doing 
observational things and um I wasn't contributing lots and lots but as time went on I got more comfortable with the people um and I started relating to them more of course because that's how communities work and I started to speak more and offer insight and um, my facilitators always encouraged me to like <laughs> I would speak in very like 10,000 feet up very vague terms about what was going on with me and they always encouraged me to get a little bit more personal or tell tell a story about that or tell more like details about that. So, um, and I eventually did and I had a really good experience. Um, that being said, I don't think I ever got to the point in group therapy where I ever thought it was more valuable than individual therapy for me. Um, the character of the group was a little bit transient and I don't think that that's the same of all groups at all. Um, I think maybe because it was the university symptom, people kind of dipped in and out because they were in classes or like they weren't in classes anymore. People would graduate. Um, different events would come up. People come in and out of the group. So I think that more consistency in the group would have helped um, me at least. And by the end of it, I did leave group therapy um, probably like two months ago. Um, there was an influx of probably like three new group members who were just they were just in kind of wildly different places in their life than me. And I think I really only related to like one person remaining in group. And I left group eventually like really kind of annoyed and bitter every time. And while I knew I could work on myself and work to like kind of level with these people and understand where they were coming from, I sort of had the opinion that I was like, you know what, I kind of have a very clear idea of what I want to work on. And... I'm not able to do that in this particular makeup of this group right now. So I decided to leave and I don't think that um, it's off the table for me at all. I think I kind of wanted to wait a few months to see if the like character of the group changed a little bit. Um, so we'll see. I'm still friends with a few of my group members, um, but I think that it can be a really great supportive environment if you want to talk about different issues and kind of like a close-knit group that has multiple therapists, multiple viewpoints, multiple insights. Um, I don't know. They often challenged and like opened me up to new ideas about how I should be thinking about different things. So I really um, valued my experience. In so that also is to say that like guys, if you feel like your group therapy or your individual therapy or whatever mental health resource that you are currently trying out or experiencing um, isn't working for me for you at the outset like Caitlin kind of experienced or if it was working for you for a while and maybe that type of therapy or that type of resource isn't working for you at all anymore and you don't want to return to it or like me if you just sort of say you know what this particular person or this particular group isn't working for you anymore please like take a step back from it and you know yeah. do not feel obliged to continue doing something just for the sake of kind of like the the idea of helping out your mental health like if it's actually not helpful then don't do it and I kind of grappled with that for a while for group I probably stayed in group for a few weeks longer than I actually wanted to because a few things I felt like a little bit guilty about leaving and indebted to my group members who at least a few of whom who I've had been with for a few months and I had some feelings about leaving and I wondered if it was the right move and I was like I'm not learning anything right now which tells me everything I need to know so yeah. once you stop learning then just stop and it doesn't have to be stopping for forever you can just pause and you know schedule another session or go yeah. to another group thing or try something else for a while um yeah don't don't feel pressure to do or not do something if it's actually not helping you 
Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before, but one of the most important things my psychiatrist said to me when I first started seeing her was because I was having a very similar experience where like I was not getting a lot out of my therapist and I was like, I don't really get it. Like it doesn't feel like it's helping me. And because she said like the most successful type of mental health treatment is like statistics show the most successful type is psychiatry and therapy for people that need both of those. And um I was like, well, I just don't get it. Like therapy isn't really helping me. And she said that it's all about personal relationships. If you're not hitting it off with your therapist immediately, in this case, if you're not hitting it off with your group therapy anymore, if it's not giving you what you need, don't feel bad. Just step away. Like Mm -hmm. it is all about like this is a personal endeavor, right? Like every person in that group was there for themselves. Obviously, like open to talking to each other and helping Mm -hmm. each other too but like the reason you pay for these experiences is for yourself so like don't be afraid to be selfish about it um so speaking of my psychiatrist let me guys let me tell you guys just really quickly about psychiatry I know I've mentioned it on here before as far as my experience um I don't think there's really that much to tell other than what I've mentioned before on the podcast What I will say in general is that psychiatry is very similar. I mean, psychiatrists are MDs or DOs. They have gone to medical school. They are licensed medical doctors who have specialized in psychiatry, mental health. Um, And so it's very, very similar to going to your medical doctor. Um, They ask similar questions. It's very much like you go in and you tell them what your symptoms are. They ask you some questions. They, I mean, they're not doing like a physical assessment, like checking your reflexes, but they'll say, in this situation, do you find yourself doing this? Or what do you do in this type of situation? And you tell them and they say, okay, this is what I think is going on with you. And this is what I think is going to help you. Here's your medication. Um, I know that some psychiatrists are different. Some psychiatrists will do a little bit more talk therapy with you. Mine does not very much. Um, I mean, she did at the beginning, but now that we're kind of at a good level with things, there's no need for it anymore. So we only do like 15 minute check-ins. But so it's very much like going to your medical doctor. So if that, the reason I started psychiatry was because I was like so far in I was so deep that I was not going to get out through therapy at least through the therapist that I had been talking to but that doesn't mean you should wait until that point to see a psychiatrist um if you're feeling overwhelmed by your anxiety or if you're if you're just generally more comfortable in a more clinical environment which ultimately I decided that I was especially at the time go talk to your psychiatrist if if the psychiatrist is a doctor so they have an ethical and professional responsibility to tell you like I'm I may not be the right person for you so if you feel comfortable that in in that environment I would encourage and also by the way your medical doctor can prescribe you mental health medication so your general practitioner your primary care physician can prescribe you depression medication or anxiety medication you don't have to go to a psychiatrist for that Um, which is helpful because they have a specialization in in mental health Um, so so not really much else to tell you guys there but it is very different from therapy in that it's a very very clinical experience it's like it's much like going to your doctor's office when you have a cold or some other type of physical ailment um and so and so that's really been my experience there again I do that all virtually I don't necessarily think that the experience versus virtual and in-person would be much different with psychiatry because it is very similar to seeing a doctor whereas therapy I think it probably is a little bit different because you have like 
like some people are more comfortable trusting people and having an in-person um conversation whereas like with psychiatry there's not as much of a personal aspect to it again depending on the psychiatrist but in general I think that's I think that's um accurate so that's psychiatry um if you guys have questions please feel free to shoot us a dm I'm happy to tell you more about my experience or any of my medications or um I've talked about it a little bit before but I'm happy to I just had someone text me today and ask me like how my doctor decided that I needed medication for my ADHD. Happy to talk to you guys about like the questions that she asked me and the symptoms I had and the ways that we came to that that really. Um, so now that we've sort of laid that that foundational groundwork of the different types of mental health treatment that you can get, I think we should transition now into telling you guys about some specific resources we used. Um, so like I said, I use Doctor On Demand for my virtual appointments with both my psychiatrist and my therapist. That is just a matter of my insurance covers it. Um, like I said, Cigna has its own online platform. The first step you should probably take is going to your insurance carrier website and figuring out what they cover and what they don't. You can look at your um, benefit statement and, and figure it out that way. This is something I do in my job very often. So if you have questions about it, please send me a DM um, or an email. I'm happy to help you like figure out what your documents say and understand what's going to be covered and what isn't. Um, so, so yeah, doctor on demand is, is one thing that I've used and that's for like the actual provision of appointments. We've got some others listed here. I'll let you, Lara, I know you've used a couple of these, so I'll let you talk about it. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, psychology today's website constantly okay. gets recommended to me and okay. it's something that I've used to filter, um, by therapist type and also Perfect. like location insurance carriers, Sometimes other they're accepting yeah. <laughs> new patients or not. I've sort of had a mixed experience with the website. Far better than my insurance carrier's website yeah. and other resources that I've used. But, I mean, just like any other site you use, um, it sort of depends on how often that it's updated, etc. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a giant thing to wrangle into a database, you know, as soon as somebody's accepting new patients or not or changing insurance, etc. So yeah. I, I get the, the issue that the databases and online servers are struggling with in that way. But I think that's a good first step, at least to kind of yeah. parse through, you know, um, different therapists anyway, if you're looking for therapists. Yeah. And we'll share some of these resources with you guys, too. Um, maybe on our Instagram. <laughs> we don't have 10,000 followers, so we can't like link stuff in our story. But <laughs> so maybe help us get there. Thanks. Yeah. So share us with your friends. What? <laughs> um, but we but we will find a way to share some of these. Um, I want to talk about lawyer specific resources okay. as well. Um, but before I do that, I did want to talk about kind of um, what I thought was a really good entry point for me into thinking and talking about mental health, and that was literally like social media and different online resources. Yeah. Because they seem so much lower stakes than like searching for a therapist yeah. or a psychiatrist or some sort of health provider that seemed like a really giant step in in the face of not really being certain whether I even quote unquote needed therapy or needed any sort of extra mental health attention. It was, um, you know, free. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't know, I just, I was fighting my own stigma against like, oh, I was just fine. I didn't really need anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I started following like several Instagram accounts and different podcasts that I think really helped me open myself up to self-assessment checking in with myself and also getting um more formal help 
so I did want to mention a few of those first because I think that's how a lot of us kind of start like I know that even for my friends who I don't know they probably won't list like mental health as a passion project for themselves they still enjoy following like different instas that like say like different stories from their from their insta creators etc yeah and we try to share some of those resources every now and then to our story too if we see like good quotes we try to um share those to our story so so truly like if you don't follow us on instagram and you're interested in some of these resources please do yeah we'll list them up yeah i know i know one for me was like um by mari andrews she posts beautiful watercolors and quotes and it's all like super healthy and makes me think about my own stuff revelatory yeah stuff so like yeah we'll list a few of our favorites in um, our instagram post about this and check them out i follow a ton of them now like my feed is literally full of like dog pictures therapy quotes and as we know (laughs) naked women yeah if you guys are lucky we'll (laughs) share with you the account that posted naked women also so stay tuned (laughs) so like five percent of our listeners could enjoy it (laughs) awesome (laughs) but um and then talking to i got involved really early on with um like different meditation apps okay so that's not like directly like mental health resource help but it for sure impacted my mental health while I was using them. Mm-hmm. I was not consistent with them, which makes, which is why, I don't know, I like didn't stick with it. It wasn't like severe changes in my life as a result of it. But I did use Headspace for, man, at least like five or six months, um, a year or two ago. And I really enjoyed my experience with it. Yeah. I practice yoga. I do some breath work things. So I think like yoga, meditation and breath work have all in phases been consistent parts of my life I'll dip in and out of them um but when I am doing them I have found that like I'm able to sort of um view my problems in a more logical manner from a distance and in a better more conscious intentional framework than I would be if I was doing nothing in that regard so I don't think that those things have at all been like the um the structure and the sort of intense amount of help I gotten from talk therapy both individual and group but I do think that those things can be a really nice lead-in or entry point to um exploring your options and maybe using those as, as a path to more formal help or maybe not maybe meditation kind of works for you and you can see your things a lot more clearly etc all right so You know what? This has been a really great discussion of like the different types of therapy and the different types of mental health treatment in general that we've experienced. Um, So we talked about individual in-person therapy, individual virtual therapy, in-person group therapy, uh, individual virtual psychiatry. Is that it? Did we talk about anything else? I think that's it. All right. So that's kind of a lot, right? That's a lot to digest. I think maybe we'll break this out into a third episode. We do have a lot of great resources for you guys, some specific resources like apps to use and different groups out there that can be really helpful. Um, Sorry for the cliffhanger, but I don't want to like overwhelm you guys with a bunch of information. So maybe we'll start posting these as well on social media um, leading up to the next episode. But I think for now we'll leave you with this. We'll leave you with thoughts about what types of mental health treatment might be best for you, whether it's therapy or psychiatry, virtual or in-person, individual or group. Um, that That's kind of a lot. So break here. Yeah, think? let's do a break All right. and let's continue next time. All right. Let's talk about some happy pills. And homeworks. Neither yes. of which I have 
any information for just because <laughs> my brain feels tired right now. I know. Not my happy pill, happy. my happy pill, I didn't mention enough about this in the last episode, is that Lara surprised me with the cutest little gift. It's a koozie that says, let's all wind together. Is <laughs> that from our first episode? I think episode. it was from our first episode. <gasps> our Isn't favorite adorable? quote from our first episode. <laughs> it's so cute. So cute. So long ago. Back when we were babies I doing know. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've we're, come we're so aged. far in yes. the last 10 or 12 weeks or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, so it that's my like happy so pill. so much longer. That's I a good know. happy pill. I like it. Honestly. She didn't make extra, so we're not doing a giveaway. No. I'm sorry. It's ours. <laughs> These are just for us. In my head, I definitely thought I did order <laughs> I don't know if my sisters still one or what, but these were just sitting on the counter when I got back from Colorado and I was like, oh, they're in. <laughs> so sorry, y'all. Well, we'll be making t-shirts at some point. We'll do a yes. giveaway with that. Yes. Because we know you guys want more merch. <laughs> All of the merch. Okay. My happy pill, um, obviously, it's going to be what I already said. It's literally the sigh of relief upon finding a therapist. Finally. Yes. Like, it's been a it feels like it's been a very long road to find one. It's not an 11 year road, but like, <laughs> it feels like it's been 11 years when you've had regular therapy for like almost a year. Yeah. Um, and not every week or anything. Like, it got, it got down to like pretty much like every like three weeks I was doing okay. it. Um, and that was a pace I felt comfortable with where I was. Um, but yeah. Yeah, actually, that's, that's the other thing. That's a good point. Um, once you start getting into your own treatment, you'll find what works for you. So yeah. like, we're sharing our experiences. Uh, like I said, I see my psychiatrist about once a month at this point. You may need to go to your psychiatrist more often. Mm -hmm. Don't feel weird if you no, do. Or I know multiple people who go to weekly therapy. It's just yeah. like a week. And frankly, um, group therapy is weekly. Yeah. And that's, I, again, don't know if that's every group, but that's yeah. every, every single week is group therapy for me. And my individual was a little bit more, oh, okay, how are we feeling? Are we feeling yeah. like we should space these two months or two weeks out? I know people who check in once every two months just for yeah, check-ins with their exactly. therapist. So, like, yeah, it's so much up to you and what you want to do. And if you have no idea, um, your therapist surely will. Yeah, and they exactly. can make recommendations. I think so. it can sound really overwhelming when we're like, yeah, weekly therapy. We go to therapy every right. week. Or I do these check-ins once a month. Like, we don't all have a ton of time. Mm -hmm. Um so just know that like once you get started, if you're not already along on this journey, you will figure out what works best for you. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that is my happy pill. So we cool. want to get into some homework. Homework. Your homework is to tell us what type of mental health treatment has worked for you. Mm -hmm. If you've tried it. If you haven't tried it, your homework is to do some thinking about what might work best for you. Think about what matters to you in terms of like in-person conversations versus virtual. Do you feel more comfortable in person or do you feel like you could trust someone if you had a conversation over FaceTime with them? Do you, do you feel like you could tell them your life story? Um, or, you know, do you think you would be comfortable in a group? If not, maybe start out with individual. Do you think that individual would be too personal and you'd rather start in a group where, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, what's the word? There's like a cushion of the people like around buffer, you. Yeah. You can go and just observe. Mm -hmm. um, maybe try that first. So do some thinking if you haven't started. Or you know what? If you are along on your journey, maybe think about trying something new. Maybe think about adding a group therapy or trying a virtual appointment or trying an in-person appointment. Just, you know, think about the things that we've talked about and think about what might work best for you. And if you have tried and you already know what works best, let us know so we have that information we can share it as well. Love it. Cool. All right, 
Uh, this one's a little longer, but sorry, not sorry. You love us. Hopefully you learned so much. And if you didn't learn anything, hopefully you can teach us something and send us all the DMs yeah. about all your favorite mental health resources. Also, imagine the fact that we thought this episode, the previous one, and the next <laughs> one might all fit into one episode. So yeah. you're welcome for breaking it yeah. out and not just posting a three-hour episode I mean, for you. We always wildly like, underestimate oh how much God. time it's we going to really do. We really do. We always wildly underestimate We're how just much so time it's going to take. We but have so much to say. I know. We just it's love a you good guys problem. so much. It's a good problem. To it have. is a good problem. It is a good problem. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. First and foremost, we are not mental health professionals. We are here to share our experience, but we can't give you medical advice. If you're experiencing a crisis, please reach out to a local or national resource. You can reach the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or find additional mental health resources on the ABA website. 